Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. This week, we're taking time to look at Matthew 16 and 16 through 19. The, the verses there. Now, the part we're leaving out of this story is when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? But I'm wanting to focus on the response after he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And in verse 16, it says, Simon Peter answered that question. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven." And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, with this, I actually want to look at Peter on this. Uh, because if you would, there's a, there's a development regarding Peter in this passage. A, a transition, if you would. Because his... Peter's given name, if you would, was Simon. As a matter of fact, there in verse 17, Jesus says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. If you would, we would call that his given name. Uh, Barjona means son of Jonah. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona son of Jonah. That was how he was referred to. That was his name. Now, in verse 16, it calls him Simon Peter. If you would, before Peter met Jesus, he was just Simon Bar-Jonah. And then there came a time here when Jesus said, you're Peter. You're Peter. You're Cephas. And he went through a period of, they called him Simon Peter. Eventually, he just became known as Peter. But his given name was Simon. That transition. If you would, this also identifies the development even of Peter's character. As Everybody knew him as Simon Barjona. Uh, he was a little reckless. <laughs> he, he had a whole lot of issues. But if you would, this revelation, when Jesus told him, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. There was a revelation that came to Peter, that came to Simon Barjona. And that was, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. 
He had that revelation. And if you would, when Jesus said in verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter. You're Cephas. You're, you're the little rock. And on this Petra, this big rock, I will build my church. You see, if you would, Jesus was the living word. He was the living word. He was the Christ, the word made flesh. And when Peter got a revelation of that, it created a change in him, just like it makes a change in all of us as well. Now, the thing of it is, here, here's part of the story with this, that when Peter got the revelation and throughout his life, you see, the revelation of Jesus as the Christ is the first revelation. It's the first thing that flesh and blood doesn't teach you, but our Father who is in heaven shows us. But there are other revelations of the written word that God shows us, that the Holy Spirit has been sent to illuminate. Now, I understand some theologians get into uh, uh, parsing a lot of words when it comes to revelation and illumination. Uh, the, the bottom line here is what we're talking about is when you don't see something and then you see it. Whatever word you want to use for that, I'm good with. But the bottom line is there are truths that you do not see and then you do. As, you know, as, as the, the man who was healed said, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. And you know the, the song Amazing Grace you know, has, has that same thing to it. And at this point, yes, the first revelation, the, the, the bedrock of it all, the cornerstone of our faith is Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then there are other revelations. And as Paul, excuse me, as Peter continued to walk with God, he got to the point Unlike you know, during the trial of Jesus, when he denied the Lord three times, you know, prior to that, he was still kind of functioning like Simon. I'll die with you, and which he showed the willingness to do that because that's he you know he cut the ear off of Malchus, one of the Romans, uh, the Roman soldiers, and that could have called him to be killed. Uh, Jesus healing that soldier really saved Peter's life. You know, he would have been under penalty of death for having done that. He, he showed a willingness to do that, but then when that wasn't the way God wanted to go, Peter just didn't know how to function in that. He, he just didn't know how to operate, and so he just denied the Lord because his only inclination was to fight flesh and blood. He didn't know, really understand how to fight otherwise. And so it, it really put him in an awkward position. Shouldn't have denied the Lord, but he did. And, but over time, at the end of his life, historic, church historians tell us that Peter was crucified. And 
he was crucified upside down because he, he declared that he wasn't worthy to die in the same manner in which Christ did, but he was still crucified. And so if you would, Simon Peter, who was wishy-washy, driven by emotions, uh, all these kind of things, Simon Barjona, as he grew, became Simon Peter, and eventually it was just Peter. That, that understanding, that revelation or illumination of the word turned him into a rock. That rock that the ecclesia was going to be built on turned him into a rock. Now, here's part of our problem. This is kind of where I'm wanting to go with some of this today. You see, in our culture today, most Christians do not want to engage our culture in a manner to change it. Most Christians do not want to uh, engage policies, governmental uh, regulations and so forth with the idea, oh, no, we're not supposed to be there. But here's, here's what I would point out to you. If you would go and actually begin to do a study of the Word of God, and not go by what flesh and blood has revealed to you, but you'll let the Father and the Holy Spirit teach you from the Word of God, you'll start becoming a little bit more of a rock. You won't be a Simon that just kind of if you're angry, you lash out, but ultimately you're just going to step back and, and let things take their course. That's who Simon was. But if you will get to where you begin to study the Word of God on what God says about government and governance. I don't like using the word politics. Politics, uh, by definition, actually, if you would, um, there, there's two definitions that people use. Both of them are somewhat applicable. One's better than the other. Uh, the one that's better is basically uh, a political system is the means by which systems of government are run. From that standpoint, okay, that, that's very neutral. That's governance. Uh, on the flip side, another meaning of it is it is the art of governance. In other words, it is where the games are played. It is the manipulation and so forth. And that's why I don't like using that because we don't need to get into that type of mode and that type of method. We need to stay with truth. Now, but I'm not saying we don't need to get into the governmental arena. I'm not saying that at all. Because the bottom line is, is if you understand culture, if you understand how things happen, I'll just... Uh, give you a very quick example. When, when the Supreme Court, which in, in all honesty, it wasn't within their jurisdiction to do this, I don't believe, but anyway, nevertheless, they, uh, they made the call that same-sex marriage was legal. Look at, I, and I'll use the term Jesus used here in Matthew 16, Look 
what they loosed on the earth. Look at how much our culture has changed. Look at the direction our culture has went since that point. They loosed that on the earth. You see, Jesus, as we talked some about yesterday, the ecclesia determines culture. The bottom line is the body of Christ has not functioned as the ecclesia. We've functioned more as Simon. We have an, a, a, emotional responses. We, we, we throw a fit when something happens. You know, but the bottom line, when it comes to engaging in it, we're not a rock. We're sand. We end up not doing anything about it. No. But if and, and this is one reason that I teach what I call the Ecclesia Principles is that when we understand what God's Word says about government and culture, because ultimately government is the biggest uh, shaper of culture because that's where legislation happens. That's where things are loosed and things are bound. And Jesus is basically saying he's going to have his own culture builders within the system. But they need to be a rock. And the way you become a rock is to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to teach you from the Word of God. And the more understanding of the words you get, the stronger of a rock you become. God bless you. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Ecclesia Principles with Ray Eppard. Follow us on YouTube and Facebook on our Ray Eppard pages. This program was brought to you by Victory Worship Center and World Outreach. Services Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, 200 Hammond Lane, Stanton, Virginia.